listening to On the Road with Mike, Yogi and Andy, Australia's number one weekly podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies, here to bring an independent voice to truckies right round Australia. On the Road is proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Welcome to show 133. Doesn't time fly when you're having fun. What's on this week? Andy's in with Matt Cornell. He's got a couple of tunes to play. Got a little bit I got from the ABC from before Christmas. I've been hanging on to it for a while. It's about the driver shortage. Finally managed to fit it into a show. We're going to hear about that. Road rules. We're going to talk about merging today. And Bob McMillan is back in with something to talk about. Trevor Warner and I are going to have a little bit of a chat about electronic work diaries and dispensing some of the myths. Yogi with the news. Let's get this show on the road. Yes, get on with it. Towards the end of last year, we caught up with singer-songwriter and bass player extraordinaire Matt Cornell. We talked about his days playing with the baby animals, Richard Clapton, Rose Tattoo and Shannon Knoll, amongst others, as well as his introduction to the country music side of things and his association with the legend of Aussie country music, Adam Brand. Matt said he would have some big news coming up in February this year that he couldn't divulge at the time, so we thought it was time we touched base and found out what the big news was all about. We've timed this interview to tie in with the latest single release from Matt and Adam Brand, who've teamed up with a song called Our Church, which we'll play for you shortly. But in the meantime, let's take a few minutes to catch up once again with one of the real nice guys of Aussie music, Mr Matt Cornell. G'day, Matt. Great to get a chance to catch up with you again. Andy, how are you, mate? But, mate, I'm all right, but you're sounding a bit under the weather. <laughs> yeah, I've picked up a, a dreaded lurgy. Uh, I drove down to Sydney on Tuesday from Queensland. It was a big day, and I've got so much on this week, so not that there's ever a good time to get sick, but it, it certainly has come at a really bad time this week. But anyway, um, such is life. Yeah, indeed, mate. Well, we wish you a speedy recovery. You don't need that. There's some shows coming up and all that. Yeah, it is what it is, mate, but thank you. Mate, when we last spoke towards the end of 2022, you said you had something special coming up early in 2023, and then you left us hanging by a thread wondering what it could possibly be. Now, I have my suspicions you were preempting your great new single you've recorded with Adam Brand called Our Church. Am I getting warm? Uh, you're pretty warm, mate. You're hot, in fact. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mate, I hear that your shows with Adam Brand at Tamworth this year were absolute ball terrors from an audience point of view. Yeah. I expect you guys had more than just a little bit of fun putting them on. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And look, given the fact that we just had a bit of a nightmare the last couple of years in COVID, you know, gigs cancelled and all that sort of stuff, it was good to be back on the big stage in Tamworth in the park there and the weather was amazing and yeah. we had a great turnout. And for me too, mate, I'd had a sort of a five-year hiatus with my solo career because I was doing Coral and Car. It had been a long time since I put my own music out. So mm. it was good to be back on a big stage playing the new single at the time or newish single, Stick Around. And it was a good buzz, mate. It was a great day. Yeah, well, speaking of new singles, the new one, Our Church, it's brilliant and it's a thought-provoking song along with an awesome video. There's quite a backstory to it. How did it come about? Mate, so church, 
a lot of people have been asking, is it a song about religion? And it's not. Hmm. When we were dealing with all the craziness of COVID lockdowns and we're in and out of lockdowns, I was struggling, mate. I, I mentioned earlier that I moved up to Queensland from Sydney back in 2018. Hmm. So I don't have the infrastructure in Queensland that I had in Sydney. And then all of a sudden we're in lockdown. I live on my own. I was feeling very isolated and I just lost all my work for the year and everything was just turning to crap, basically. Yeah. I hadn't seen Adam for about three months and then one day the lockdown's finished and it's like, let's catch up. And me and Adam and a mate, we met at uh, just a local cafe and I found, you know, solace in my mates. Mm. And by the time I left the cafe, I felt heaps better. And and, um, and then we met up again the following week and Adam, he was the one that said, mate, there's something in this. Like, you know, we should do this every week. We hang out when we do shows and stuff, but outside of that, we weren't making much of an effort to catch up. So he said, let's do this every week. So we picked a day, which was Wednesday. Mm. And Wednesday was our day. And then we would just nominate a different cafe every week. And we'd meet up at a particular time, the three of us. And mate, after a month or so, I just reached out to Adam and said, mate, I've got a name for our catch-up. He said, what? I said, church. Yeah. And he laughed. He said, why church? I said, well, people go to church on a Sunday. That's their day. They've got to be accountable. We've got to show up every Sunday. This is our church, mate. Every Wednesday, that's our day where we have to show up for our friends. Yeah. And so it became a thing, mate. We did it for many, many months. And then the start of last year, I was a part of my first song culture. It's a two-day songwriting hub in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Where they bring a bunch of artists together. And over two days, you write for all these songs. At the last session on day two, we had a bunch of blokes they threw us together with. And, and one of the guys said, why don't we write a song about brotherhood? And that's what I told them about church. And that was the catalyst to write the song. Yeah, We wrote the song in probably three hours. We did a quick acoustic demo before we all headed off. And, and I sent it to Adam. And, mate, he rang me probably 20 minutes later. He said, mate, we have to record this song. He said, I love it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That was the start of last year. Fast forward quite a few months, and when we definitely said, okay, we're going to do it, and that's when I said to Adam, I'd love you to come on board as a writer because he wasn't a part of the writing process, but I knew the song, it was finished, but it needed something else. So Adam came on board and, you know, he wrote the last verse and came up with his chant section, which is really, really captivating. And and then we released it Feb 24, and there's just been little offshoots of things happening along the way with our church, and Mm. it's getting a lot of traction, and a lot of people are talking about it. Yeah, well... You were saying there had been a few offshoots. The song was also used in a truly touching video tribute to the late drag racing legend Sam Fennick after he recently lost his life on the racetrack. Yeah. How did that all come about? So a really good mate of uh, both Adam and I, his name's Wade Orger. He's been the voice of Speedway for many years. Yeah, no way. And also a commentator with drag racing. He was there the night the accident happened. Mm. And a couple of days after the accident, he went and caught up with Adam while he was in Queensland. And they were in the car together. And Adam just said, Wade, I'm going to play or something. And this was before the song was released. He just played him the song. I think it was maybe mid-January. And Wade, you know, had the hair stand up on the back of his neck. And it was pretty emotional. And he just said to Adam, he said, mate, we have to do something with this, you know. And Wade then took it to Nathan Prendergast to put that beautiful tribute together. But it's interesting, Andy, when I saw the drag racing video, the tribute to Sam, Mm. like it was touching, it was emotional, but it actually gave me a new meaning for the song. Like, the literal meaning for us was, you know, the fact that I was struggling and then we would catch up every week in a cafe and we called it church. Yeah. But when I watched the video, the song could be relatable with anything, whether it's a football team, a soccer team, a walking group that gets together every week. That's their church. And when you see that video, that that whole drag racing fraternity, that's their church. The racetrack is, is like their sacred ground. Um, and... And it just sort of brought more, you know, even more meaning to the song. Yeah. And that video had over 100,000 views in a couple of weeks. Everyone in the drag racing community are like, this is our anthem. And 
it's just been overwhelming the response that it's had. So yeah, man, it's been a really interesting few weeks. It really has. Yeah. Well, that church would certainly apply to the trucking community too. They've got their own version of that. 100%. Yeah. 100%, mate. And it's almost like, you know, I've been talking about it the last couple of weeks. I'm a mad Rabbitoh supporter. I love my NRL. And when I was living in Sydney, I used to go out to the games out there at Homebush. And when I'd be amongst all the diehards and sit in the borough and all that sort of stuff, it's tribalism at its best. Oh, yeah. And that's a version of church, you know? Yeah. Well, speaking of which, your publicist and our good mate Jules suggested I don't get caught up in a debate with you about the South Sydney Rabbitohs. <laughs> so we might just have to agree to disagree uh, that 2023 will be the year the Mighty Dragons take home the premiership. Uh, well, mate, without talking about footy, unfortunately, mate, I think you're in for a long year, but we can talk about that another time. Oh, mate, I have no doubts you're absolutely right. <laughs> speaking of which, we have the pleasure next week of speaking with Tim Friedman from the Whitlams. Oh, nice. Their song, The Day That John Sattler Broke His Jaw, I'm assuming that's probably on your short list of your favourites. Yeah, yeah, it's a very clever song. It is indeed. Mate, in spite of Jules' warnings as well, she did mention one thing that I do have to ask you about, and that's the phenomena that was apparently your meatball challenge with Adam Brand. Oh, look, you know, I'm happy to talk about it. Adam, probably not so much. <laughs> Given the fact that he's half Italian and he likes to tell people about his Italian heritage and here's this redheaded fella from the suburbs of Sydney yeah. beating him 3-0 in the meatball <laughs> challenge. Good on you. He's not impressed. He's not impressed. <laughs> Is there a rematch planned? There's always going to be a rematch, mate. We're both competitive. Yeah. And when I won the meatball challenge the other night, when we were off air, he said, this isn't over. Yeah. It's all right, mate. No worries. <laughs> Bring your A game. That's all right. Let the games begin. Yeah. Mate, your touring schedule upcoming is looking huge with your own shows as well as the shows you're doing with Adam. Between now and August, multiple dates through Victoria, New South Wales, Queensland, as well as Great Keppel and even one in Fiji. Yeah, mate, it's looking good at... Again, after the last two years, I'm just glad and thankful that I'm out there doing shows again. It was a very tough couple of years, but things are looking good, mate. It's still not back to where we were pre-COVID, but it's getting better. Yeah. When I look at my calendar and I'm like, I can see the dates filling up. It feels good. Yeah, it would do. Guys, if you want to check out where the shows are, check out mattcornellmusic.com.au and adambrandmusic.com for all the dates and locations. Is that right, mate? Yes, mate. My website's actually under a rebuild, but any day now it's going to be launching hopefully early next week. But either that or just jump on my socials, mate. Just Matt Cornell Music on both Facebook and Instagram. I'm pretty active on there if they want to see what I'm up to. Brilliant. It's been a hoot catching up with Matt Cornell once more here on the road, mate. Thanks for finding the time in your busy life to stop by and say good day. Oh, mate, thank you for shining a light on what I'm up to. It's always great to chat with you, Andy. Always a pleasure. Mate, it's time to wrap it up, but before we do, would you please take a moment to introduce your new single for us? Mate, I'd be honoured. Ladies and gentlemen, here's my latest single, a duet with one of my greatest friends in the world, Adam Brand, and this is Our Church. Hey there, my brothers. Can you make some time? Cause my state of mind ain't so good I'm losing face Show me where to turn Cause I need to learn I'm not alone We're not alone We may not be holy men For all that it's worth We're more brothers and friends And this is our church we get together for better or worse. We all understand 
Simon here from the Atlas Balance Company. Don't go thinking Atlas Balance Rings is just for you Lion Hall Express boys. This is for running around town, doing deliveries right through to stock and grain carriers, side tippers, low loaders, car carriers and logging rings. Check out atlasbalance.com.au and see the other operators you're passing on the open road. They're saving up to 50% of their tyre life. Remember, it's Atlas, it's balanced. I grew up around trucks and my dad was a truck mechanic. So watching him work on the trucks, seeing all the rigs come in, made me want to do it from a kid. Tashana Allen is six months into a two-year truck driving traineeship in Geraldton, north of Perth. Yeah, I like to drive long distance. I find it quite fun, crank music up, just drive, you see all the countryside. I don't know, and you just feel free, you don't have to worry about anyone, it's just you and the truck. Unfortunately, not everyone sees the appeal. Australia's trucking industry is facing a chronic driver shortage. It's incredibly dire at the moment. We've got a situation where we've got this growing freight task. 
we're unable to fill the jobs that we've got. And SEEK is telling us that there's about 21,000 vacancies. We've had shortages for years, but nothing like we've got right now. State border closures and COVID-19 testing during the pandemic gave Australians a taste of what happens when trucks stop moving. You need the trucks to get everything where it's got to go. You don't get fuel, food, everything. So you need the drivers then. And there's simply not enough of them. The vast majority of Australian truckies are men with an average age of 47. So we've got these guys who spent many, many years behind the wheel that are now retiring and no one to take their place. So the industry needs to be targeting young people. Tashana is learning the ropes from veteran truckie Heather Jones. So do you want to start winding? Sure. The industry sees employment-based training as the best way to attract more young people and has been pushing for apprenticeships to be introduced in every state and territory. Ultimately, the workforce is going to just continue to get older and we're going to suffer that problem. It's, it's what the apprenticeship is designed to do, is to try to build that pathway so we don't lose school leavers, see them going off to other opportunities. Tasmania and Queensland were the first to adopt heavy vehicle apprenticeships earlier this year, while Western Australia is still considering it, instead investing in a six-week driver course and cutting TAFE fees. If people can show that there's a great merit in undergoing a traineeship or apprenticeship in transport or other sectors of the economy, then we will be supporters of that and will invest with state and territory governments to provide the skills employers need. It's just one possible solution to this massive problem. Another is attracting more female truckies. Despite long being seen as an obvious fix to the driver deficit, women continue to make up just 3% of the industry. Lee Roberts is one of them. The single mum has been driving trucks for 17 years and says it was a lot easier to find work before she had her two children. It is really difficult. The companies out there read the resume and go, oh, wow, you know, you've got all your tickets, you, you can do this, and it's like, yeah, cool, but I need to get back to school to pick the kids up. So, uh, oh, no, that won't work. Lee eventually found a company willing to take her on part-time to work around her childcare needs. There is a driver shortage, and there are women out there and mums out there that want to work. They need to know that there's companies that are willing to give them that flexibility. Opening up opportunities to women during school hours, they can perhaps drive the trucks during those hours, and also split shifts where perhaps um, someone can do from 6 to 12 and then 12 to 6. With an estimated 30,000 extra drivers needed over the next five years, more women won't be enough. The industry says it also needs more migrants and is calling on the federal government to add truck drivers to the priority skilled migration list. We're reviewing all of the shortage lists to see whether they reflect, uh, the, pro reflect the economy properly and that includes examining whether in fact uh, the, uh, the, the, the transport sector should be more prominent when it comes to the shortage lists. In the lead-up to Christmas, we'll all be relying on drivers like Tashana to deliver our online shopping on time and keep the supermarkets stocked.
Once fully qualified, she wants to drive cattle trucks along the long stretches of road to station country in Western Australia's far north. It does make you feel good that you're helping the country out. I know you're only one in heaps of people, but that one person can make a big difference. Uh, that audio courtesy of the ABC. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. Here on the road, it's time for the news. Uh, Brother Kendall, it's news time again, mate. How are you? I am good. Are you? I am really good. What have you been doing with yourself this week? Uh, uh, where have I been? I've been everywhere this week. Yep. Uh, the week didn't really stop this week because I'm trying to like go hard because I'm going to uh, a Mid-America Truck Show next week for Louisville, Kentucky. You're taking our good mate Simon with you? No, no, he's taking me. He's like, taking you. So, yeah, he's, he's putting the bill. He's the man. He's going, right, we're going to Mid-America and I'm... I'm his brand ambassador. I'm a bit disappointed I didn't get an invite. Oh, yeah, you've got to be cool like me to get an invite. Is that what what it is? Yeah, that's what it is. Simon, next year you're taking me to Mid-America, buddy, or you can't take Yogi. It's as simple as that. (laughs) Next year I'll be living in America. (laughs) I'll be living the dream if I got to go, mate. I'll have to leg rape you or something. I'm living the dream. How good? And then uh, we've locked in. A couple of big podcasts yeah. and stuff like that. So I'm, uh, I am very, very excited about next week. I'm excited too because you're going to be on that Sirius XM thing. That's pretty big. Yeah, yeah. I was locked that in this morning at half past four while I was making a coffee before I went to work. Unbelievable. <laughs> oh, so it's all sight, um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's not too bad. We'll have to get some of it, mate. We'll have to get some of the audio and, and play it on the radio station and play it on the podcast. I have uh, got a bit of news for you anyway. Right. I've had a bit of chat with Andy and he said he's perfectly happy to come and deputise for you while you're away. Well, that that is good news. I'm pretty happy with that because I looked like I was going to be standing here sort of holding my own. But <laughs> 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 pretty hard to do it on your own. Get Andy back. Yeah, Andy's going to come and deputise for you. Well, way now, all right. Before we get started, I've got a question for you. Yeah. If two uh, vegans have an argument, mate, is it still called a beef? <laughs> I don't know. But, you know what? <laughs> what happens when? It, 
What happens when a magician loses his magic? No, what do you? No, what do you call a magician when, a, when he loses his magic? <laughs> Go on, what? Ian. Ian. <laughs> oh man! All right, news time. Let's get right started. Right, yeah, come on, get get after it. Right, mate. The first one out of the blocks. Blokes had a rock thrown at him and lost the vision uh, from one of his eyes from being hit in the face of the rock uh, while he was doing oh. it. Lost the sight of one eye after a rock came through the windscreen of his tow truck and struck him in the face up in Alice Springs. Goosebumps. We've had we've had this happening, uh, look, forever. Uh, people throwing rocks at trucks and things. I think that... Uh, it's very, very hard for the cops to catch them sometimes. When they do, they seem as though they get away with it. Oh, I just, I just don't understand why people throw rocks at somebody that you could kill. Yeah, it's unbelievable, isn't it? Oh, oh it just makes. What kind of pleasure do people get out of throwing rocks at somebody, knowing that you could kill a driver? It's ridiculous. Oh, I, I just, I just can't understand the mentality behind throwing rocks at a moving vehicle. Anyway, oh, this, this happened up at uh, up in Alice Springs at the intersection of Larapinta Drive and the Stewart Highway. Uh, the police oh. up there are hunting for witnesses. So if anyone was up that way, I know it's a bit yep. of a long shot, but if anyone was up that way and they saw it, they can make contact on one three one triple four. And yeah, uh, and uh, give the police a bit of a hand and try and catch someone. I mean, obviously, a little bit tough up there. I mean, we know what's happening up there with the, the crime situation and everything. Bloody bad news. And rock-throwing guys, all I can say to you, uh, one of the big old tricks used to be to throw rocks at you and you'd pull up and chase after them and then the other crew would just jump in and ransack the truck while you were chasing the one that threw the rock. I've heard of that happening several times, so... Don't chase them. Just ring the cops. Just terrible. Grow up. Yeah. Right, moving along, mate. Next story. Electric trucks. Okay, electric trucks. The Janice Janice Western Star has finished its trial uh, with Wholesome Australia. They've wrapped up a zero-emissions electric truck trial using the... uh, that Western Star up in Brisbane. It was a success, wasn't it? From all accounts, it was labelled as a success. Everyone reckons that it's been pretty good. I, there's been a number of comments about how we saw it, you know, a few times with a bonnet in the air and and all that sort of thing. A few comments on social media that they're failing to is understand. The bonnet, is the bonnet in the air putting the solar panels up? Is it charging? It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, is that... No. Who knows? Probably, probably. Um, <laughs> That's what I'd be saying. I think there's a bit more yeah, than the solar panel. I don't, know. I, don't, I don't look at social media too much. Do anyway, there you go. No. The trials sort of highlighted the potential of this exchangeable battery technology that uh, that Janice had got going. I've actually written a bit about this, a feature article for New Zealand Trucking Magazine coming out in the next issue, if anyone's interested in reading it. I've, read, I've uh, spoken to Lex a number of times now. I'm a big fan yep. of what he's doing, and you know why? Because uh, it's electrifying. I've used that joke before. <laughs> You've done but, that before. Tell me. <laughs> well, it's like you. It's like you go to uh, get a like an 18 volt 
cordless uh, you know, Milwaukee rattle gun for changing your wheels with and that. You just basically take the battery out and put it in and it's done. You don't have to wait around for it to be charged. And the best part about it, obviously, is when they get this thing sorted out and it's automated at the change stations, it'll only take a couple of minutes to fuel up, be quicker than fueling a, a diesel truck up. And all the naysayers are, oh, it's electric, it's only got a certain range. Well, diesel trucks only have a certain amount of range too. And when you run them past E, they stop, just like everything else. Yeah, that's correct. So, look, yeah, I, I mean, they have their place. Yep. They they have a calling. There is options for them. I just struggle in rural country, Western Australia, where we are, to see the potential of them. Well, that's true. I mean, you're not very yeah. likely to see them running around out on the Tanamai. I'll give no. you that. But no, that... well, you're not very likely to see them working down here in Katani. No. There's not enough resources to sustain a decent charging station. Mm, I don't know. You know, like there's only two Tesla, uh, not two Tesla, that's the brand, two charging points in a town of 4,000 people in Katani. Yeah, but we're not talking about a charging point, mate. These things... They... No, I know, I know, but that's that's all they're going to put infrastructure in at the moment. Yeah. You know, like I, I get a chicken and the egg, there's always chicken and the egg. Yeah. The more the more they do it, the bigger the system. Like I understand that, but... I just struggle to see it in our thinking here in the, you know, the Wheat Belt or Southern Wheat Belt. What are we, yeah. Great Southern? Yeah, you're the region. Great Southern down there. I know that, and I'm over yeah. here. <laughs> no, I, I knew I'd spit it out eventually. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. So. I think it's a great idea, and the reason why I think it's a great idea is we can you know, repurpose a few of these old trucks. They can even turn your old 900 into an electric one if you wanted to, mate. You uh, you just one wash them out. There. It's not an old truck, and uh, be polite about PJ. <laughs> two, I've got two nine hundreds, and they've both got two really cool motors in them. So yeah. I suppose I could sell the motors for some pretty good money. Yeah, you may be. Uh, <laughs> three, no charging points. Then. What be, what's a is there? Holsters have been running the the test, and uh, is there any idea on the weight? Well, they're, they're getting the yeah, same yeah. sort of weights on them. As they were getting with the other trucks, that the the uh, okay. the, yeah, uh, the Western Star Prime mover itself is, I think, a couple of hundred kilos heavier uh, than a than a fully fueled Western Star with a you know the regular power plant. I don't think there's too much more in it. Yeah, so that, I mean that'll that'll help because uh, you know, like how many trucks do we know? Like and you being a bulk carrier, and me being a, a machinery carrier, we never quite load the same weight. Yeah. We're empty loaded. Heavy on the drive, light on the drive. Yeah. You never quite know. Yeah. Like I, I suppose it'll keep the ton tonnage on the front axle consistent. Yep, that's right. And it'll keep the drive because you know you put you full of fuel and you you fuel up at Sedona and then you hope it's not open at Sedona because you've got a ton <laughs> heavy on the brick on the drive. You know, so, Shh, <laughs> so don't go saying stuff like that. that. That's a, oh, oh, come Jesus. on, we're all grown adults here. Like far out, we're all done. It. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I suppose it eliminates any of that sort of element. But I mean, I, I read an interesting line there: that zero emissions. And I don't know how you get to a zero emissions trial. I, I'd sort of debate that with any uh, like-minded person that you know. There's always some from some kind of truck, whether you're pumping it out. Yeah. The stack, or whether you're actually running rubber onto the tyres, off the tyres onto the road, or you've uh, wearing out brakes and you know 
pads and drums and discs. And, you know, there's always some kind of emission. It's never just you know what? simply zero emission. You know what? I'm, I think what? I might just email the article that I wrote for New Zealand Trucking Magazine, mate. It answers all those questions. Well, don't email. Print it again. Like, put it up so... Tag tag the good listeners. So there you go. They oh, can do it all. Well, after it's oh, printed. no, we can buy it. That's um, what is it? Um, NZ Trucking Magazine. Yeah, you can buy. You can buy, it, so, you yeah. can buy uh, New Zealand Trucking Magazine, and 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 yeah. perhaps people should. Uh, look, look, it'd be nice if we well, had a. Should. Be nice if we had a magazine like oh I don't know, Trucking Life in Australia yeah. these days that we could print this sort of stuff. In, but that's another story. Time to move on to the next story, buddy. <laughs> yes. The uh, peak body, <laughs> a peak body. Why do they always a, call a themselves peak. a peak body? Are they, are they, are they worried oh. that no one will pay any attention to them if they don't call themselves a peak body? Yeah, why don't you just call yourself the industry? You know, yeah. like whatever you are, call yourself whoever you are. So the Victorian Transport Association, our peak body. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've just held their uh, conference and the. The theme of the conference was managing transport's greatest asset, people first, right? Oh, that's, that's a big, complex and very in-depth issue. Well, we're a labour-intensive industry, mate. Uh, there are a lot of people out here. They reckon that people are, the most, people are the most important asset. Amazes me if people are the most important asset, why are we continually treated like we're rubbish and second second class? Yeah, citizen? I know, I know. It's a bit of a hard pill to swallow when you say that you know the, the peak industry body wants to focus on people, yet we've got a length restriction and live in a dog box. Yeah, that's right. And you, so, uh, you can't have a you can't have any facilities in your truck at all. And oh no, a seventy two inch standard. Western Star Sleeper would accommodate a toilet and a shower in one corner. You've only got to look at the trucks that they're running in the States and then compare the length of the length of our prime movers and more than that, the air axle weights compared to ours. And Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you next week. <laughs> well, I can tell you, mate. All it is is a all it is is a stroke of a pen. And I know I know that Glenn Stirl's into it. In fact, he's admitted uh, several times that I've spoken to him about it. It's a stroke of a pen to change that and then to change some attitudes. But then we end up with people going, oh, we can have an extra metre. I think we could put another pallet space in there. That's what had happened. Well, that's what happened when we did it, did we? You know, yeah. all of a sudden there was trucks running around with bunks above the cab because they yeah. can run maximum length. Yeah. So whoever did that, you, you ruined is, it for us. This is the thing that cracks me up. Old mate Anderson's told the delegates about the labour shortages that we're experiencing now and he's still blaming border closures due to COVID. I mean, give me a break. Get off the horse. Yeah, I mean... Get off the horse. Contract restrictions yeah. limited the availability of workers and played havoc with the industry last year. Of course they did. Played in played havoc with everyone's industries. The reason why... And, and the ageing. Go on, sorry. <laughs> oh, what? And the ageing workforce. Well, aging we all know there's an ageing workforce. <laughs> um, have these guys actually not picked up a truck and life from 19... I hate to say it. I hate to keep saying it. <laughs> have they not picked up a truck and life from 1995 or 96 like we did the other week and discovered the fact that it could have been written last week? <laughs> None of this stuff has changed. None of it. I oh, know. I oh, know. Oh, now, the no. good fairy sent me some truck and life's last... I got them in the mail earlier in the week, and I was sitting yeah, there having a bit of a read. And you know my mate Bob McMillan, right? I do. 
Bob, they asked me, why do you have Bob on the show now? Why is he doing something to talk about? I'll tell you why. He used to write a column called Speaking Out in Truck and Life. Yes. Right? Yes. And Bob's a bit of a mentor to me. I love Bob. I really do. He took me out to, to Alice Springs and introduced me around, opened a lot of doors for me and, and introduced me to a lot of people. Thanks very much for that, Bob. I know you're listening. Yeah. So... Bob and I, I'm having a look at these magazines that the, the good fairy sent me from Western Australia. Right. You calling me a fairy? <laughs> wouldn't dare. <laughs> I've got a pink work shirt on. I wouldn't anyway, dare. That's my Brisbane convoy shirt, but that's all good. So, awesome. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, right I'm, I'm in here and I'm, I'm having a flick through these things. I got into trouble, mate. Two hours I was looking at magazines for. Oh, is that all? Oh, no, but I was supposed to be doing other stuff. I didn't get through them all. I was looking just for like for a couple of hours. I ride the afternoon off most Sundays, but anyway. Yeah, so anyway, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm leafing through and I'm, I'm seeing all these stories that I came across a couple that Bob wrote and I, I took, a, took a picture of it with my camera and I texted it to him. <laughs> and I said, look at what I found. And it's a yeah. story about how, how Bob hates idiots, right? <laughs> <laughs> he, hate, he hates idiots that aren't charging the right money. He hates idiots that... Two things on the cheap. Oh, yeah, no, I know. I read that. I read that article. And I thought, you're like that. So I'll send that to you. <laughs> no, oh, and it's blunt. blunt. Like, it is blunt. Like, and it's like, isn't it? I hate idiots. Idiots. Hmm. And, I, and it's just labelled off and written and done. Labelled off and written and done. Yeah. Labelled off and written and done. Yeah. Way to go. Proper truck journalism. Yep. And it's it's so good. I, I miss it a lot. Righto, mate. That's probably it. We can wrap it up. I can tell. We can tell Anderson though how he can fix the problems. Though, would you would you like to tell him, or would you like me to? Oh, we can both share some input, and you you, you lead off because it's well, you know if, your uh, news, and I'm scaling back for a holiday. But anyway, if you if you're on, you're on the rundown period, if if they <laughs> if they paid drivers what they were worth and treated them reasonably, that'd solve their recruitment and retention problem, wouldn't it? Yeah, driver retention is a massive issue in the states, and they choose. They try hard over there. Yeah, they really do try hard. And yeah, I look. You know, if anyone's looking for a truck driving job in the west, there's plenty going out here. Yeah. There's been some big money offered over here for local side tipper drivers, local tipper drivers. Yeah, uh, bits and pieces. So yeah, there you go. You want to come and live the west lots? I'm still up over here in WA, and it's going down properly. Yeah. Not like you, son's still up where you are, and it's going down ridiculously. So yeah, come on. <laughs> Come over here and uh, learn WA. Yep. Come on. Right, well, that's it. That's the news. You're going to Matt's, so we won't see you next week, will we? No, negatory. Right. You will not see me. So I'll be, uh, I'll be living the whole life in Louisville, Kentucky. Good for you. Now, before you go, do you have, do you have yeah. a, 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 any final thoughts? Do you have a, a thought for the day or anything like that? No, I give you a dad joke. I did it wrong. I give you the Ian joke that, <laughs> that people didn't probably understand because you got to write the word magician. Yeah. You know what happens when a magician loses his magic, That's and then right. you write magician, and then you go take away magic, and then it says Ian. How many times have I told you you don't explain the jokes? No, I'm just explaining the thought process for the day. Okay, thank you. You got, got it wrong. Yeah, no, that's all right. I, thanks very much. I appreciate it. I really do. Yeah, no, no worries. So Thank just before you go, let fine. me tell you that I've, I've ordered a chicken and an egg from Amazon. Right. I'll let you know what happens. Which one come first? 
<laughs> got it, buddy. Can, can you, can you, all right, you know what? I'll put my money on the chicken. You idiot. Catch you later. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> A power nap can be your driver fatigue solution. If you're struggling to keep your eyes open while driving, you're in danger of falling into a micro-sleep, and the consequences can be fatal. Pull over somewhere safe and take a 15 to 20 minute power nap, and then continue on your journey. Visit our website to learn how to make the best of your power nap. powernap.org.au Hey, it's Courtney Kyle here and you're listening to On The Road Radio and Podcast. Well, it's been a while since I've had my old mate Trev Warner on the show, so I thought I'd grab a hold of him and we'd catch up. Trev's got the uh, Driver's Advocate page on Facebook that we all know, know and love. And, um, mate, you and I have been getting a bit of a caning again over the electronic workbooks and and all that sort of thing. I wanted to get together with you and have a bit of a chat, talk about some of this AFM stuff the NHVR are talking about and basically see if we can't make some sense of what's going on and clarify a position in people's minds. Mate, Trev, how are you? Okay, mate. Yeah, good. Pleased to be back. Oh, mate, i tell you what, you... What do you do? Have you got a sort of a magnet on your head or something that just attracts people to you to want to have a go at you when you say something they don't like? No, mate, I just stand up above everyone else and tell tell the government what I think. <laughs> oh, mate, I'll tell you, I um, made a comment there the other day. You may have seen someone was carrying on about uh, some, uh, some fine that they've got. I actually think it was an attitude check fine, but anyway, they say that they don't do that anymore. I find that hard to believe. I said all these fines go away if you've got an electronic work diary, and that's all I've said. That's all I said. And then someone got stuck into me about pushing the electronic work diary wheelbarrow as if I've got some sort of skin in the game. And I'd like to say right now I don't. I've got no financial interest in any of the logbooks, none. I've got no uh, interest in any of them apart from the fact that I've been using them for a good while. Uh, Another fellow challenged me about how long I've been using one, which is in excess of five years now. And I think uh, he said, oh, that's, that can't be right. And I had to detail to him as if I've got to answer questions about why or what I've been using. Someone's thinking I'm telling porkies, mate. Do you think we tell porkies? <laughs> no, no, not, not at all. Uh, you know, they've been around for a long time in the chain of responsibility area. We, yeah. And we know that to be true with Lynn Fox and Pole and, and, all, and all that, and particularly out at the mines as well. But mm. uh, here on the highway, you know, NHVR, has has seized upon the problem that business has got. As yep. I didn't realise this, but the the industry itself processes sixty million yellow logbook pages every year. Yep. So you you imagine you've got hundred drivers or even fifty drivers. Uh, you've got to employ staff to process that. Um, the business costs go through the roof. So mm-hmm. that, how can we how can we create some efficiency? And uh, NHVR got on board and went. Okay, righto. Well, how about we do this in electronic format? No more yellow pages. The data just gets put into a into a format. It's stored on a server, and when we need it, uh, it's it's there to uh, to process. We've got programs now that will pull data out of those tables and create whatever report 
auditors or police investigation, whatever they want. It's all it's all there. There's there's nothing nefarious about it. But I do understand the hesitancy because of the legacy systems that have been in place previously. And uh, with social media, we're now hearing the problems coming out of America where the EWD is actually wired to the ignition of the truck. Yeah. yeah. And the, the, the industry just isn't that flexible. Well, we don't have that issue here. We don't have, we don't have the requirement to have it, have it uh, wired to the actual truck. And I don't think we ever should. I think that the electronic logbook should remain a separate thing to your truck simply for the fact that you can take it from truck to truck with you and maintain the same same work diary. But uh, the problem that we've got is that there are a whole heap of perceptions out there and we really don't like change in this game, do we? No, we don't because every time, from my experience, um, being in Fresh Produce and, and Overnight Express, as soon as something changes... Mm. The, the, the cricket bat just gets bigger to beat you over the head with. <laughs> but the other part about it is that we've got no control of, as drivers of what goes on. And it's very easy to get caught out with you know, not being able to get a space in a uh, rest area, for example, or the roadworks up the Bruce Highway has been a perpetual problem. You know, we were just talking before about how long it took to uh, get from Darra to Rocky last time I did it normally about a, a seven-hour drive six, seven-hour drive turned into an eight-and-a-half, nine-hour drive, and you've had the same issues. But that's right, and, and as we said, you know, an hour here, an hour there, and all of a sudden on day 13, mm. you should only have racked up 120 hours for your fortnightly work, and all of a sudden you're up at 142. Yep. Uh, so instead of getting home to uh, spend our day off with our family, we're, there, we're locked down in... You know, I've been locked down in Dubbo before, yep. locked down in, in, in Rocky because you you just can't get can't get back home because of those delays and the, the inflexibility of the prescriptive um, standard hours and, uh, and BFM regulations. So you've been through and you've tried to do AFM as a solo operator and you really haven't had a lot of joy with that, have you? Oh, mate, it's certainly been trying. The, the, uh, the legal... Uh, definitions in this country just it just does my head in. Um, and, uh, NHVR listened to what I had to say and they they agreed that yep what I was saying made made perfect sense. We agreed that what is compliant isn't always safe mm. and what is safe isn't always compliant. Mm. So we need to come up with a solution. Now my AFM application was purely the implementation of Western Australia rules in the in the Eastern State framework. It was just a cut and paste of WA. Uh, it was a cut and paste of yeah. WA, and yeah. it put them into a tailspin. Well, what was the problem? The the the, um, the problem was was the the legislation. Though I, I was trying to I was trying to drive a, a square peg that fits in WA <laughs> legislation, but yeah. doesn't fit in in Eastern State W uh, 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 jurisdictions. And NHVR had no wriggle room to make that fit and to give me the certificate uh, of approval. Mm. So 400 days later, <laughs> yep. I, I get a phone call from um, Sal Petrosito's lovely young assistant up there in Brisbane, yep. um, young Kim. She's, uh, she's from the Queensland Health uh, sector, so she fully understands what us truck drivers and the, and the, the medical surgeons and your previous um, employment 
terms and conditions that you had to deal with. She's yeah. completely up to speed with that. So I explained to her what I was trying to do, and she she said, yep, that, that makes perfect sense to me. This happens in um, hospitals all the time. So how can we uh, make this all work and everyone's happy? And I explained, and she said, yeah, okay. Uh, Sal liked the idea. So they have spent the last uh, four or so months putting together a, a package that um, we can we can log into their portal. We can basically it's just like specking up a truck, mate. We yeah. can just say we want we want this 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 and this. Yeah. Then it's all pre-approved, I might add, and then we just hit print, and there's our uh, there's our pre-approved AFM application, which which allows us to break from the prescriptive. Uh, BFM standard hours regulations that we're currently um, operating with. Don't you think that it's a little bit of a problem, though, if we go along and we've got our own little pre-approved AFM ideas? I mean, it's hard enough to find police and NHVR and representatives now that actually understand the system as it exists, even with a standard hours book. Can mm-hmm. you imagine trying to explain the intricacies of uh, your personal system to some bloke on the side of the road? I mean, I can't really even fathom the stress that might be involved in doing that? If, if I had that uh, approval, um, if they gave that to me straight away, all I'd have to do is hand my EWD over and yep. it, it's all it's all calculated in that in that inbuilt algorithm. Yeah, but you're not doing it on a paper book. This is what I'm talking about. If you were to do it on a, on a paper book, what, historically what we've discovered is talking with guys on AF, or sorry, drivers on AFM. They've mm. gone, oh, the police just go, oh, you're on AFM, and they just hand the book back to you. Yeah. As long as you've got your licence, your paperwork, and you're actually filling your logbook out, mm. um, they just hand it back because they got they they know that there's layers of oversight. Yep. And they're going to focus on uh, on the lower hanging fruit. So, so what we're trying to do is to create a, a, a level of I'm a professional driver. I've been doing this job for 15, 20, 30 years. I've been doing it safely. These, this is the uh, work rest hours that suit me. Mm. They've been programmed into this electronic work diary, and as long as I follow that, um, we, we're providing a, a safer road transport industry for, for everybody. Yeah. And we finally got a, a group of um, bureaucrats that can understand what we're doing. They, a couple of years ago, I went to one of the toolbox meetings and uh, this guy's prattling on. Mm. Tim, Tim's a nice bloke and they don't know what you and I have dealt with. And, I, and I've gone, well, why can I do a 27-hour shift and that's perfectly legal? Mm. And they've looked at me and they've gone, no, you can't. I'm going, yeah, I can. This, this, is, this is what you have forced me to do. And they've looked at it and they've gone, what job's this on? I said, overnight express out of Sydney, to back to Brisbane. Mm. Oh, well, how does that work? To... How are you doing? Well, you, how are you doing a twenty-seven you, hour shift? You do your, you do your market deliver you deliver your market. You go to bed. Yep. You wake up in the morning. You you log onto your logbook. You take your trailers around to where they've got a load, and then you do then you waste seven hours in in Sydney doing whatever you can to keep your sanity together. Mm. Grab a bit of sleep in the afternoon. Mm. Seven hours later, your trailers are loaded. You hook on and go. Mm. Um, Managing your fatigue, you, you launch it up the road, you have a few power naps along the way, um, have another power nap or breakfast when you get to Brisbane while your trailers are unloaded. And uh, it used to work out that I had about an hour and a half up my sleeve, which, which got me 
to the BP at Forest Glen, mm-hmm. and I'd go, I'd, uh, I'd go home for me major rest break, and a local guy would jump in me truck, go to Bundy and load it and bring it back. Sydney to Forest Glen was 26, 27 hours. Yeah, it, uh, it, it strikes me that we go through all these gymnastics. I'll get to what you've been doing in the last few days shortly. But uh, Rob Free put out a pretty good uh, video there or a series of four videos where he was talking about how you can legally put, I think it was 16 hours on a, on a page. Mm-hmm. 16 a and a quarter. Yep, 16.25. Uh, yep. Everyone's going, oh, you're mad. You don't know what you're doing. But the, the thing about this is that if you know what you're doing and you know what the rules are mm. and you know where you've got to do these things, it's, it's quite easy to manipulate your book to make it do what you want it to do. The, the problem with it is is that there are too many guys out there that don't know the rules and that's where they fall foul of the of these things. The problem that Rob's probably come up against, I know the problem I've come up against, I'm sure you have too, is trying to explain it to someone on the side of the road who doesn't understand what the rules are when they're trying to enforce them. That's the problem. That That is the problem. Yeah, and of it's, course, the uh, easiest thing for them to do is just write you up and say, "Well, we'll talk about it in the courtroom, mate." And then the then the uh, the process then becomes the punishment. That, that's exactly right. Uh, now, what I said to these NHVR guys that particular night, I, I said, "What the big question I got is, why have I got to do that? Why have I got to go through all that calculation and and all that torture?" When if you just bugger off and let me run my own race, I, the, the results exactly the same. You're actually you're actually forcing me to do this. Where if you let me do my own thing, I could basically split my day up into two two eight hour drives with a with a bit of a sleep in the middle, and and I could safely do my work. And the customer, the consigner, and the consignee gets what they want, but because of this box that you've created and you're trying to slam us drivers into this box, this is how we've got to do it. And and it passes all the tests and no one looks at it. Why, why are you forcing us to do it? And that's, that's opened the door for them to realise, you know, these guys actually do know what they're doing and we're forcing them to be unsafe even though it's compliant. I don't think that the NHBR are doing it. I think the NTC are responsible for all of this personally. And oh, the NHBR, sorry, yeah. The NHBR have just got a bastard set of rules to try and work with. And Well, that's right. Yeah, that is right. They don't make the rules. They yeah. they can only work with the rules that the NTC makes. Yeah. Uh, I've made these same representations to the NTC. Uh, where NHBR comes in is they're in control of the AFM. Yep. And they can they can give exemptions and so forth as long as it ticks all the boxes. So, well, perhaps we need is... a little bit more education about what the boxes are, mate. Uh, we'll just take a quick break here from one of the sponsors, and we'll be right back. If you want to get in on the conversation, you can join us live at On the Road Radio between seven o'clock and ten o'clock on a Saturday night for the Saturday session. Craig Forsyth, Yogi Kendall, and myself. You can ring in, have your say. We'll talk about anything. It's live show, live talk back. The phone number you call is 0491 825 633. That's 0491 825 633. Ring in and have your say. All you've got to do if you want to listen to the radio stream, which we're running 24 hours a day now, 
is download the app from iTunes, Australian On The Road Radio, or from Google Play, On The Road Radio. Our website is www.ontheroadradio.com.au. Join in, have a listen, and have your say on Saturday night on the Saturday session. Back with Trevor Warner uh, with his driver's advocate hat on. We've been talking about logbooks and hours and things like that. Mate, you've had a pretty uh, spectacular week this week. You've been stopping and starting, driving in the day, driving in the night. It's probably one of the biggest challenges of driving trucks to try and sort of make your hours fit with what the customers are doing. What have you had to contend with there? Uh, the old um, the old problem that most market runners and express overnight express guys have got to do, they... You've, uh, they're flipping you from sleeping during the night to sleeping during the day, and that and that uh, that overlap period where you wake up at seven o'clock in the morning and you're not you're not departing until five o'clock that night, and then you drive all night. You do that two nights in a row, and then they flip you back again. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Yeah, it's just you know, it's and and trying to make all that work uh, with with your um, with the work diary and and your body clock, mm. and, and to do it safely. Power naps are my favourite, my, uh, my best friend. <laughs> oh, look, I, I'd be a bit, I like to have a bit of a power nap about three o'clock in the afternoon when I'm driving. I haven't had one for a while now, a bit of a grandpa nap. That works for me, anyway. Well, it does, and that's actually something I was able to sell to um, uh, uh, Dr. Dawson. He's the he's the uh, the sleep expert now that now that Professor Ian has retired. I, I said to him, your model. Of the 17-hour workday works fine if you if you if you're awake for all that time, mm. but as soon as you pull up around about three o'clock and have a power nap, mm. that uh, reboots some of your fatigue. So by the time you get to the hour 17, you're actually not tired. So if you won't let us work at that time, and you force us, we 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 might only have four hours, four and a half hours sleep in that seven-hour period because that day's been disrupted. Mm. And and he and he he agreed with that, and that's what he said to me. You know, if you if you're getting the science says if you're getting five hours sleep minimum every day, mm. um, you, you you're managing your fatigue. So that that's the minimum. That's the bare minimum. So using the science and getting the right people to to listen to what we've got to say, we're actually changing the paradigm. Where hey, these guys actually know what they're doing. They they know the science. They they know how their brain works. So. Let's give them a little bit of flexibility um, so they can do what they do best. Well, there's a few pretty good publications out there. I can't remember the author of it. One was called Why Why We Sleep. Uh, Mick Carter uh, was telling me about that and uh, from Beyond Clarity. And uh, it's these sort of things. If we've got a greater understanding about why we need to do what we do and the science behind what we do, then we can do go ahead and make a, a, an informed argument. And I think that that comes part of the way towards getting to where you want to go, doesn't it? It, it does, that's right. That's it. It's taken me a, a lot of reading to understand um, the uh, the super, US super soldier program where they, they experimented with drugs and created only but drug addicts. <laughs> um, yep, yep. And, and they really screwed up some people's lives doing, doing it that way. Um, to the sleep studies in the UK, which where they identified three different sleep, uh, sorry, four different sleep patterns, 
Um, and we all know someone who fits into one of those patterns. But the, the government here in Australia has just decided, no, no, the this, this seven-hour sleep, that's what we're going to go with. We're going to discount all the others. And if that doesn't suit, well, too bad, cop the fine. So yeah, well, one size we, we, doesn't fit all. Well, that's right. And we're slowly knocking down these barriers by being persistent. And instead of abusing the government, we've, we've been going in there saying, hey, look, this is what you want us to do. This is what we want to do. Mm. Um, we need a little bit of wriggle room to be able to, to make that fit. And an old mate that tore into you and I about uh, about our attitudes, um, I, I dare say that he's caught in the middle where he's got a consigner and a consignee that are inflexible, yep. and he's getting frustrated to no end trying to make it work, and he can't. Yep. And he's thinking that if he's got to go to an EWD, it's going to it's gonna make the, the task even more impossible because well. he's – He's powerless to change anything outside his circumstance. This is the problem. The EWD exposes the stuff that we've been doing, uh, colouring outside the lines for a while. Now, to get away from the actual uh, the hours and the rules, and all that, just talk about EWDs for the few minutes that we've got left. And as I said, I've got no financial interest. I've actually been asked to be uh, a brand ambassador for one brand of electronic work diary which i declined to do and the reason why i declined to do it is the same reason i declined to do any of this stuff i don't want to be able i don't want anyone to have the ammunition saying oh well you've got skin in the game there's money for you to be made by talking about this so there's no money for me to be made i or rather there's no money for me to make i believe in electronic work diaries simply for the fact that they can save the drivers from stupid mistakes that they make where they miscalculate their hours, their long hours, their work hours, their hours per week, hours per fortnight, when their breaks should be. All those mistakes that can cost you really, really big money um, all go away if you've got an electronic work diary. It doesn't matter which one it is. That, that's right. That's right, Mike. It's, it's all there. The algorithm... I've uh, I've trialled. I've been involved in this for three years now. Again, I've got no financial interest, but I I will be at the Brisbane Truck Show as a as a uh, expert user, I guess, for for the Hub Fleet EWD. Uh, James has asked me to come along to provide some real world experience with with using Hub Fleet. Uh, but yeah, it's all there. You don't have to worry about forgetting your your, your driver's base. Your, your, uh, all, all those little things that cost you. But in the case of uh, young seven hundred and eighty bucks for one square. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, it is. All that goes away. the The big thing is, is that it's all done for you, and all you've got to put in is your um, you start your shift, which is just a couple of yes, 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 go. Yeah. Your stop and start times and your and your location. That's it. Everything else is taken care of. Yeah. Well, I've used personally. I've used Teletrack Navman. I've had a look at Hubfleet and I'll be looking at it some more and I'm going to have a chat with old mate about that on the show. I've looked at the Safi uh, electronic work diary and I've had to go at that for a few days and saw how that all works. Uh, there are a number of them out there that are on the market. They all look reasonably good to me. They've got differences as far as their, you know, their forward-facing stuff that the driver's actually looking at the interface. Uh, but if you go through and use them and you, you know, you... How many times do people get knocked off for failing to write their home base down or for failing to tick a box or for failing to write the date down correctly or 
you know, even to the point of not knowing where you were when you pulled up. How many times have you pulled up in a rest area and not known the name of the goddamn rest area? I've done it. You know, that's so. it. That's it. That's it. Exactly. And and with the EWD, you just push the button and um, yeah. or it does it automatically. Yeah. If it doesn't quite look right, you can do a refresh and it pings the satellite again and yeah. and bang there you are. But um, it's it's not ac- it's not entirely accurate either. So no. Uh, I've had um, I've had experiences where it's it's actually pinged me 4.8 kilometres away from where I actually was. Yeah. So you know if you if you've been stitched up and you need to do a bit of a, a sneaky one, you can you, you've got <laughs> you've got like a, a two kilometre radius if you need to uh, come out of a come out of a, a, a warehouse and, and then park down the road for your 15 minute break. <laughs> um, we wouldn't do anything sneaky or underhanded, no. mate. Geez. Well, well, look at the Porter Porter Botany. Look at that problem down there. Yeah. You, you guys are trying to have your break, and you got some some buffhead security guard going. Oh, you can't park here. You yeah. got to park down there. Yeah, don't start me. <laughs> don't start me. Right, hey, Cobb. We're going to have to go because uh, we've been yapping for a little while now, and I'm sure that the uh, listeners are probably getting a bit bored with it. All I can say to you, the listeners, is you can email me, Mike at on the road podcast.com.au you can ring me up 0418722488 if you're brave enough you can get on the driver's advocate page on facebook and make some comments there but for god's sake come at us with some facts don't come at us with your hurt feelings or you know your, your nose out of joint because you can't do what you need to do within the law that's not the problem that's not our problem that's a that's a you problem and that's a customer problem and you need to address it because sooner or later you are going to get caught. What do you reckon, Trev? Well, that's it. That's it. And and like my my uh, my boss now he's using Hubfleet. We finally got a an interface that he likes. Yep. So he's he's sitting there in the, in in the control room now, going, okay, I won't send Trev to uh, Mackay this day be, today because he's just about out of hours. So yeah. we'll shoot him to Rocky instead. Yeah. Um, that's it just makes it so much easier but you need an allocator that knows their, knows what they're doing too it all comes into play and i'm happy to talk about it some more uh, if people have got some real questions about it thanks for coming on the show trev it's been great to catch up mate glad to be here yeah we've got to catch up again for a beer too mate we do when we find ourselves in the same state that might be handy <laughs> that's it you take care you too brother cheers Bye. see ya Line number one, you're supposed to have it all together And when they ask how you're doing, just smile and tell them, never better We just wanted to stop by for a moment and say, g'day, how are you? No, I mean, how are you, really? Physical and mental health is a significant issue for the Australian road transport and logistics industries. Risk factors like long hours, workplace isolation, pressure to meet deadline deliveries and the need for continual alertness all contribute to making us vulnerable to physical and mental health issues. As much as it might feel that way sometimes, you are not alone. There are some incredible people and organisations in our industry whose sole focus is on helping you to stay healthy in body, mind and spirit. All these numbers and addresses are listed on our website at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Take care of yourselves. We really just want to see everyone get home safe and well.
Hi there, this is Bob McMillan. I'm recording this at uh, my unit in Cardwell in beautiful North Queensland in the tropics and where I call paradise. There'll be bird noises and traffic noises in the background, but uh, I really can't do much about it today because there's a subject that's uh, occupying the forefront of my mind and I wish to deal with it. I was brought up in an old-fashioned way, uh, taught old-fashioned values, which apart from a few mistakes I've made along the way, I've tried to maintain all my life. One thing I never ever wished to do or would intentionally or even accidentally do, I hope, is speak ill of the dead. But this story is about a man who's been passed away for quite a while. Um, back in the day, back in the 60s and the early 70s, we used to have the uh, the odd fellow set up as a loading agent or a prime contractor and I used to call them tin shed and telephone prime contractors. The fellow I wish to talk about had a couple of his own trucks on line haul and a mate of mine who subsequently drove to Carringbar Haulage at the same as I did, drove for him for a while. But anyway, this fellow, he had the gift of the gab and he uh, knew his way around a little bit and um, he had some pretty creamy freight as a prime contractor, mainly to Melbourne, Adelaide and Brisbane out of Sydney and a couple of other spots nearby. Anyway, uh, he, uh, he had a few ups and downs, this fellow. He actually went broke five times. He went broke and started up again. Went broke, started up again. And the fifth time he went broke, he uh, ran out of the capacity to start up again. The reason I'm telling this story is that uh, it would appear that my opinion that uh, in a democracy you're just as free to go broke as you are to be successful has uh, offended a couple of people, I'm not sure. But I just wish to show that Despite this fellow's shortcomings and even uh, with his gift of the gab and his, uh, his obviously likeable character and the approach he had towards customers, um, it got to the stage where lack of education, lack of uh, ability to, to, to uh, uh, estimate his own costs and the costs of others um, came, came back to bite him and in a big way on the fifth occasion. The interesting part of that story is that there were some people who were caught when he went broke on each of the five occasions, at least one I know of and another one I suspect. And there are a number of people I know of who were caught out on at least three occasions before they realised, well, it might be a better idea not to work for this bloke. Now, I really hope old mate's resting in peace. I know he came to a sad and tragic end and uh, uh, that never ceases to disappoint me. But I just wish the people who don't understand what I'm saying when I say that you're just as free to go broke as be successful in a democracy. I know what I'm talking about because I've seen the evidence. And this bloke I'm talking about who went broke five times and who caught some other people a number of occasions without really meaning to do so, he was a harmless poor bugger, but he just couldn't add up and neither could the people that worked for him. So I hope that uh, rests the point. I hope that will silence the critics and they might wake up to the fact that I do think I know what I'm talking about. Thanks for listening. This is Bob McMillan. Time for another great song from this week's featured guest music artist. It's the uber-talented Matt Cornell with It's Only Midnight. stars above us and we still got half the moon so watch your hurry baby 
It's only midnight I've been watching you since you walked in Trying to find the words To say you took my breath away In a way you haven't heard Well, I haven't found them yet But it's only midnight We got hours We got Time to find a kiss and get lost in it Girl, it's better late than never And it's never too late for tonight to get better Your cup's still half full and the night just half gone So slip that Cinderella slipper back on its own Your sign, your favorite song. Where'd you get that rose tattoo on your shoulder? Maybe we can take it slow. It's only midnight. We got hours, we got minutes, we got time to find the keys and get lost in it. Girl, it's better late than ever, and it's never too late. Proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. Bye-bye. The team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions. (laughs) 